Welcome to Don't Get Left Out in the Cold from M&R Plumbing and Heating, the podcast for tradespeople by tradespeople. Let's be honest, it's hard to grow your trade-based business. One minute you're on the tools and the next you are required to become a business person. It is a tough journey and this podcast is designed to help you understand that transition. Now, here is your host, Mick Norris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Get Off It In The Cold. Today, I'm going to be interviewing a gentleman called Lewis Ward from a company called Swift Eating, and I'm going to be asking about questions about his business, where he started, Well, you'll see when I start the podcast. Uh, I'd like to introduce Lewis. Hi, Mick. First of all, thanks for having me. It's been great and really exciting to come down today. I'm happy to answer all your questions. We'll have a good old chat and and uh, discuss the plumbing and heating world. Yeah, let's go for it. So, just tell us a bit about what school you went to, what your thoughts when you left school, what you were going to do, how you got into this job. Yeah, so I'm going to be completely honest, uh, going back to school life, I was a little bit on the naughty side. I didn't really get on with pen and paper, to be honest with you. I was quite lucky in the sense that when you do your work experience at school, I don't know if you have that your way in Bolton, I, I went with a plumber for two weeks, and I'm forever grateful to the guy because... I went out with, with him for a couple of weeks and I absolutely loved it. So very lucky that from the age of 15, I knew what I wanted to do for my career. Left school now, you're thinking, what should I do? What was your first job? Did you think, well, what I'm going to do is become a plumber? You've already said that you've you done your work experience, but what, what was your first job? How did you get in? So how it kicked off was when you have your time when you're revising for your GCSEs and you have study leave when you're not actually at school, working for the plumber at the time on the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and again, I'll be completely honest, I was getting paid peanuts. It was probably exploiting me a little bit, but I was young, keen. It was my first job, and it eventually helped me get my foot into the door to work for the local council. I enrolled at college. The college put me forward to the council because they, they could see I was being kind of... Yeah, I, w- I, was, I was already sort of ahead of the job, and I loved getting stuck in. So... The college managed to get me an interview at the council. They then took me on a proper four-year apprenticeship, so a couple of years plumbing, level three, then gas. Quite lucky in the sense that I had a proper official four-year apprenticeship, and it was difficult, but I must admit I did enjoy it, and we had a good laugh along the way. Do you think uh, apprenticeships are very important these days as opposed to the other conventional ways, not sorry, non-conventional ways that you get into our industry? Do you think it's more important to be doing apprenticeships, start at the bottom, work your way up, get the experience, or pay for a course and go into what's your opinions on that? I do think the best way to learn is 100% an apprenticeship. I don't agree with some of these six-month gas courses. I know it's a little bit controversial. Personally, I think even after four years of working on gas and doing your apprenticeship on gas, there's a lot of pressure on you as a young man. 20, 21-year-old, you're working on water, gas, and electrics in the wide world on your own. It's an important job. And even 21, 22, 23, I was still learning on the job. So for me, best route to go down is 100% an apprenticeship route. When I, I left school, very, very similar to what you say. In fact, pretty much I think every tradesman kind of got into it because they possibly not got on with pen and paper, which is ironic really, because further down the line, you really have to yeah. learn about pen and paper. You have to get involved in it. You're like, what is this? What the hell is this? And it's 
majority of it now in our job is covering yourself certification etc so i think a little bit out there if any apprentices are listening don't think you're going to come into it and you're just going to be on the tools because there's a lot more expectation in the industry i don't know what your opinions on that are when i was at school i used to get the, the odd teacher here and there saying useless you're this you're not you, you're the class clown on all this rubbish what i would say is some teachers believed in me and said i should have gone to university and gone down that route and to be honest with you, I'm pleased I didn't. I've got no debts. I'm learning now through the trade mastermind. I almost feel like I'm at university now. As I've done my apprenticeship, I've saved my time. I know how to fix boilers. Are you to... 10 years in now? I am 31 now. So, that, so yeah, I, I've, I've been doing plumbing and heating for... 10 years. So you said four years, I would say it's probably takes you about 10 years before you're not domestically challenged anymore, before you know how everything works. If you go into commercial, then that's another story. But ultimately, I think it is for probably 10 years where you kind of know what you're doing. You kind of think this is becoming like breathing. So once that happens is then you set up on your own, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was kind of, to me now, working on the tools is bread and butter. It doesn't really challenge me mentally. So the, I enjoy sort of the running the day-to-day -day business. I've still got a lot to learn. And that's why we kind of met on the Trade Mastermind because we're both looking to improve our businesses in different ways. But for me, personally, I don't really enjoy being on the tools that more much anymore i love meeting customers and i could go and have a cup of tea with pretty much every one of them but for me now i'm like your family some of them <laughs> i'm like your family yeah, some of them yeah yeah Sen, um some well the majority have stuck by me through that's good isn't it because you've got local support i think it's very very important that to look after your customers give them good customer service and if you can stay local because people do like to shop local i mean i've i've got to say grimsby gets where we're on from grimsby in the northeast gets slagged off a little bit um for sort of being a rough town, but what I would say is... You want to come to Bolton? <laughs> the people are incredibly loyal and they do like to shop local. If you treat people in the right way, I think I think your business will do well. And even now I teach my apprentices, just treat treat the customer like you treat your own mum or your own family. Bang on that, like your nan. Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. And it costs nothing to clean up. That's a big one, that's a big one with tradesmen, it's a big one that. We just like to do the basics right. Um, and I used to, as when I, before I started off working for myself, I, I, I subcontracted to British Gas. Um, and a lot of what British Gas did, I tried to implement to my own company. I learned a lot from them. I get slagged off a lot f um, by some ex-engineers and some customers. But what, what I must say to their credit is they gave me some great training. I think their training, like I think we discussed this before, is probably the best out there. And I kind of think that, the reason why consumer don't like British Gas is because they don't understand the industry. So they'll sign up for a plan, for instance, and they're not there the next day when it's not actually necessarily next day service. They're expensive, but the, the, the cliche bit of that is, is that they may be expensive, but their engineers are very highly paid. So, and the training, what we've discussed, the vans, everything they've got. So the consumer wants, um, I, I don't know if I can say this or not, but they kind of want the cake and eat it. So I think British Gas, not really expensive for the size that they're at and if you choose to go with them then that's fine obviously then you've got to step down from then you've got companies like mine again i can't compete as you go further down the line so it's kind of educating customers and and engineers where they want to be in the career do they want to progress the business do they want to admit could we copy a business model because pretty much we're not inventing the wheel are we i think i've seen a lot of your your social media and stuff um it, it pops up quite frequently and I like the little motto you've got about being sort of um, not too big, but big enough to care. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love that. I love it. I absolutely oh, love that's it. That's that's the one, yeah, and and that's exactly how I am. I mean, my, my the way I run my business is obviously slightly different because I'm slightly smaller than you, but my customers have still got my my phone number. They can get hold of me on on, on the same number, sort of any time from seven o'clock in the morning till ten o'clock at night. If I'm awake, then I'm responding, and, and that personal service is kind of what's helped me get to where I am now. There's I mean, just touching on that while it's in the air. Yeah. Um, I watched you today when we went out for lunch and your phone was going and it took me back a few years that's where I used to be and you can sustain that for so long eventually it'll grate on you so ultimately what I had to do and I think what you'll probably end up having to do is you'll have to employ staff so you can discuss say we get 500 grand to go from 500 grand to a million quid is not going to be much more profit but what it is going to do it's going to buy your time back because we touched on something which I felt like resonated with me and resonated with a lot of engineers you said something that you've no children, you've you've not got like um, a relationship where you've had babies and that sort of stuff because your work life balance is all over the show because your business is actually your baby. So can you tell me a little bit about um, yeah, why you felt like that? 100%, um, my business is my baby, it's everything. Um, I've had relationships, I've not got kids, I'm not married. A lot of my friends are at my age now, I'm 31. Um, I've put a lot of time and effort to be where I am. Um, I'm starting to see the rewards financially and, and sort of I'm proud of the small company that I've built. Um, but I've got... Yeah, <laughs> I un I've got um, a couple of friends that I've got uh, are also self-employed gas engineers um, that are sort of settled down and with kids and they, sh they struggle. They, they, they're never going to... They're, they're never going to progress like we, we do because we're hungry. We're here at the Trade Mastermind. We're sort of pushing our business still, um, and we enjoy it, and that and 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 that's why we're here. A, a lot of guys out there, one man bands, are just happy taking a few quid home at the end of the week, and they forget about it. They switch the phones off, um, which you can't do. You can't do that. No. You can't do that because consumer will see that as bad service, yeah. even though because I don't think um, the public, especially commercial, are not as bad. But I don't think the public think you've actually got a life. So ultimately, it's true, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So like something that's major to them, which isn't really major, they expect it now. And I think the biggest challenge we have is call out. So if it's Sunday and we say it's 150 pound call out plus VAT, 180 including VAT. The, the jar it's the floor, but they don't understand, and I'm sure you know this, for me to bring an engineer in for that or put him on cover for that, we might only get two calls, one call in the summer, you know, a weekend. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, when you give them that call, I think that gives us a bad name. It's very hard if you're local, this as well, by the way. So if, you, if you're just a call company doing national work, and you know the companies that have call centers, they just send somebody out, they charge that fee. The customer expects it, but the customer expects the local business not to charge. So I kind of say to them, well, you know, this is the call out. Can you not wait till Monday? Can we not talk you through it? Can we not, you know, make some isolation process? I mean, the, the wonders of uh, Facebook, not Facebook, sorry, FaceTime yeah. have really helped me because you can FaceTime customers, you can WhatsApp them, you can go for a procedure, get them safe so you don't have to go out because one biggest challenge I had was it's not the fact that I want to make money out of them. I don't, I don't want to make money on a call out. I just want to give them that service, but ultimately I don't want it to cost me as well. So if we was doing that, we'd be kind of losing money. So when I said to them, there's a call out, they might go away to the friends and say, they're a rip off them but I, I can sign to think if if engineers kind of all did the same instead of just gives 50 quid cash just gives 25 quid cash it's like you can't compete with that if you've got staff i'm sure you did it at the beginning i'm sure i did it at the beginning but once you get to a level which you probably came to trade mastermind as you mentioned is you hit a ceiling you hit a glass ceiling and you start bouncing and you can't get through it and ultimately then i think if you continue to go down that route 
you'll start to hate your own business. You'll start to hate what's going on because there's only so much you can take. So I, I would say it's about 15 year in. If you've not progressed to a point, especially you've got that personality, which I know you have, you want to progress. But could you just tell you know, our listeners how difficult it is to progress from, say, 250 grand to half a million and how much effort you've got to put in to do it? Because you've put a lot of effort in to get... The work that goes on behind the scenes is a lot more difficult than us just turning up at a customer's house, getting our tools out and fixing the boiler. There's a lot more that goes into it. Um, I didn't realise that until I started with a trade mastermind. Um, and, and and let's be honest as well here, because that's what I want to be today, is if I go to a call out on a Saturday or Sunday for 150 quid, it's not going to change my life. I'm there to help that customer out. And, it, and if we are going to get into the the um, sort of the customers think we're ripping us off, then... What, what what yeah, yeah <laughs> what 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 did they expect? Because I I don't I I, I I personally don't see that 150 pound that gets swallowed up into the business. Yeah, it does. And, and then that and we maybe see it at the end of the tax year if we if we take a little bit of money out of the company. But me personally, I've invested all of the money that I've I've ever took from the company back into the company to provide a good service and to provide a good future for, for obviously myself, my potential future family, and my engineers as well. I, I like to look after the lads. Um, sorry, well, lads and lasses, I like to look after our team. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's difficult running a business. Yeah, I, I, I read something recently that a lot of small businesses don't go past five years. And I can understand that because when you first, yeah, when you first start out, you're real keen. You're real keen. And I, I've got, and then yeah, the and then, yeah. <laughs> and mentally, it, it's tough because I know my overheads per month, what I've got to earn, just to keep us our head above water. And it's a few thousand pounds. It's, 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 quite a bit of money so that is a lot of stress that we've got to sleep with at the end of the night when the rest of the lads go to the pub when they go home to the girlfriends and when when the team go home essentially it all comes back to us so this is why i try and just provide a great service to all the customers and um, just just do the basics answer the phone return calls get your quotes in on time very important that's very important it's very yeah, important be yeah. first in the game get it in show enthusiasm because if you turn up and you're like oh, if an appointment 10 minutes in house you're not going to spend your money with them are you no. i mean have you found with i mean i found this where so in 2009 you could get a boiler fitted for 2000 quid worcester off worcester on two grand with a filter guarantee i think at that time was seven years um now it's 2150 and what we're finding is the 2150 is now becoming 2050 and the boilers have gone up probably about with all your materials and kit probably 400 pound in that time so we're looking at if you're charging out for two of your lads and you you've got top line of say 600 pound realistically after paying everything out you've probably only got 150 quid left and what we're seeing the, the, there's a lot of companies out there and i've mentioned them in the previous podcast a lot of the internet companies that are not really giving the smaller businessman a chance because they're going in like we've discussed this they're not serving they're not doing what they should be doing um, and ultimately they're offering a service so the only reason i feel that the consumer goes with them is because of the cost so when you are, are kind of reprogramming people that quality might not be as good as um, cost that's difficult I found that difficult in our industry and it's probably been going on for about six seven years now because even the smaller one-band bands out there that are 
they're going to struggle as well because they can't get the volume boiler, especially with the boiler shortage. All the boilers was allocated to companies. We was lucky we bought loads of boilers in. But yeah. have, did you have you found anything that I'm talking about that's affected your business? Yeah, so obviously a boiler shortage is a big one. Um, I must admit, I've got a great uh, relationship with um, a local builders merchant, uh, MKM. Um, and I've known the rep for a long time there, the, the, the main sort of guy. Is all, no, no, they're in, they're in Northern. Independent. Yeah, independent. Um, yeah. Merchant um, in Horwich, based in Horwich Plum Factory, they're in, in, in independence and I find their service, they might be dear on certain things, which they, often that they're not, but the service is bang on because if you deal with the nationals, you kind of feel like you've got to do more work and you don't feel like you're as important because they're dealing with bigger client accounts, if that makes any sense. So I've got a good relationship with um, MKM in Grimsby. Uh, which I get the majority of my boilers from. Um, now, because of that, I bought 100 boilers from them last year, and I'm hoping to do 200 this year. We're on target for that, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Um, it, it's, it's hard work, but we're going to keep going. Um, yeah, head down, and, and we will we will get there as long as we keep we keep doing what we're doing, and we'll get there. So I, I didn't struggle too much with the boiler shortages. I did struggle with Worcesters. Um, well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because of my location, obviously East Coast. Um, I, yeah, yeah. Ideal are made over in Hull, um, and they're quite popular. Um, Again, going back to that loyalty thing, people around your area must go for that because the manufacturer's local to them. It's loyalty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like I say, there was a program a few years ago about Grimsby called Skin, and uh, and. There's, there's not a whole lot of money there, but I think people are starting, things are changing. Um, since that programme was out, things are changing. There's, there's a lot of investment going on in the area. There's a lot of better jobs. And, and I think what we need to do as um, sort of directors of, of plumbing companies is we need to start moving with the times and putting our prices up. Because the price of living is going up. The price of fuel's going up. So I guess you're only putting up, sorry to interrupt, I guess you're all only putting up your cost of materials, not your cost. So you're probably now looking at your fuel, like our fuel's gone up a £1,000 a month, electricity bill's tripled. So I would say out of our staff every month, we've probably got to find another £5,000. Yeah. What's happened there is all we've done is put materials up because the consumer sees that go up. So again, you're taking it on chin, which I think with our industry, we kind of never really jump with the times. You've hit the nail bang on the head there, Louis. Yeah, well, I went, I went on a backseat uh, manufacturer's course probably about four or five weeks ago now, and, and they, they gave me some updates on their products and things like that. And they were saying pound for pound now, boilers, price of installations is, is still the same as 10, 15 years ago. And we are not moving with the times. It, People seem to think that we're millionaires. We're not. We're just trying to. We're just trying to pay our bills. I, I live in a. I challenge the people who say. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ninety-nine percent of customers are great. Absolutely spot on. But you do get them from time to time. And I don't know if they're saying it tongue in cheek, but they say, "Oh, it's easy. It's only only a few hours' work. This, that, and the other." They think it's like a washing machine. Yeah. I literally think it's like a TV. Well, my, my guy, you fit my TV. Well, you screwed it to one, plugged it in. It's, it's a completely different level of a skill. I think that's another thing that needs to be pointed out to people. 
If you go to Germany, what we do, you are classed as a doctor because the the I'm not trying to profess we're doctors, by the way, anywhere there, but they go to college, don't they, university seven years. They go out there. They do the similar sort of hours that we do. We do that as well because the, we work with 150,000 products probably throughout the range. So one minute you fit in a boiler and you're doing a cooker, you might be doing a bathroom, you might be doing a gas fire, you might be doing a, a cooker tap. And there's so many variants of the product. There's so much out there. So it's like um, we do pretty much everything, you know, in the heating, we do air conditioning, we do pretty much everything. But I, I think what I'm trying to say is that some of the engineers that you've got, they're worth more than the value. And sometimes it's disheartening because customers will say to them, or, business owners say well he's only a plumber he's only this and you're like you can't really say that because if you did it and you understood it which that's what my podcasts are about to get engineers aware of the skill they know what they're about they know the worth um, they know where they're going they need to look at costs a lot more because if we keep going on like we're doing like i said in previous podcasts you've hit the nail on the head if industry doesn't change its pricing structure soon less and less people will come into this and then you might end up with a situation where the big companies do take it over and you get employed just like a lot of companies are doing right now. Yeah, I mean, I would always. Oh, well, this is this is from my point of view, and again, I might be a little bit biased because it's probably anything I've really ever done. But I, I would encourage apprentices to get involved with our trade. I've never been out of work since I've been sixteen. Um, it is a go- going on to the variety of jobs we do. We do a massive variety of different jobs. And I've, from from time to time, you get a customer saying, have you not got that on your van? But you need an Arctic lorry outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And obviously, our company's called Swift Heating, so we like to try and get people back, back, back up and running as quick as we can. Mainly, the majority of the work we do is boilers. Um, well, 95% of it is... If you could scrap the rest, would you just do boilers and service him? If you could. If, if there was enough work there, yeah. And the reason for that, I know the reason for that. And by the way, what's the reason for that? I know the reason for that. Plumbing is an absolute night. Do you not think it's getting uh, too much choice, too much complications that are going on? Uh, is it Pinterest? And these, yeah. It's getting too, there's too much choice out there. And you're putting that into a 1700 cottage here, 1700 built. You can't fit some of them products in there. And when you fit it, it's not quite what it looked like in the showroom, but there's no pipe work involved or nothing there. It's easy to do it in a showroom. The thing is, the, thing is, the, the way plumbing and, and, the, and the internet and the way things are moving on with social media and TikTok and this, that and the other, the Instagram is probably the main one, is people are looking at these bathrooms um, on Instagram and thinking, wow, I want one of those. If but, you've got £25,000. what they're not thinking is, I want to spend £25,000 on one. They're thinking, I want to spend five. Um, because it's a smaller bathroom. Well, at the end of the day, a bathroom's a bathroom. It Do you qualify the calls before they come? We qualify the jobs. Do you, I don't know if you've, you, that you've no, discussed no, that. To, to be honest, yeah, and, and, and this is something that I hope changes probably towards the end of this year. I still get a lot of time wasting calls. We're, we're, t- we're top of Google, um, and maybe because the way I've been marketing the Google, um, yeah, I, I get a lot of calls about silly silly questions, how, how much to do this tap, or I'll call you back. Um, sometimes we, we kind of use this like a, a, a pawn piece on a, on a game of chess. They want to know how much something's going to cost, and they'll, they'll ring up and they'll, they'll say, or I've got this bathroom, can you fit this? When can you do it? Can you do it? I need it starting Thursday. The thing we haven't got over... This is Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, six o'clock. Yeah, so it can be, can be a little bit tricky to try and keep... 
you think it'd be nice if the consumer and the business owners that work within our industry understood just as we understand if we go to a restaurant it's full we walk away and rebook we don't go on facebook and we don't go on google and give them a negative review because you've not you couldn't fit them in or you couldn't do this that's that's another thing i mean i gave someone a price the other day via whatsapp without sort of a, a rough estimate and he's already battering me down and and sometimes if if you go to Tesco's, they don't ask you to sort of you don't invoice them and pay them later. You pay them there and then. Or if if we go to a steak restaurant, we don't ask how much the steak costs. We just pay the bill. <laughs> it's be a full breakdown. Can we see that on the back receipt? And we need to know what your gas is, your profit. But unfortunately for us, we've created that. I think ourselves because years ago people did pay for quotes. It was keener. But now people are more and more want to know what they're spending because I think what people do. They compare you to the wage and ultimately go, well, I'm not earning that, you're not earning that. And it's kind of like, well, you can't really do that because if you come into my office, if you want to come in and I'll show you, that's what it costs. They would change the mind straight away. And that's what I think I'm about, you know, trying to do. And I don't I don't know if it's possible or not, but getting as many tradesmen out there that are kind of saying, well, hang on a minute, it's this not just buckling. So it's £65 plus fat, so that'd be £78. And they go, I don't want to pay the VAT. Well, we don't want to pay the VAT. Do you want us to pay the VAT for you? Is that what you're saying? So you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a difficult industry because there's still a lot of hard doing cash. I I I wouldn't really recommend. I mean, I, I love our industry and I think it's a great it's great to be an apprentice, good to be an engineer. But if you want to start up a, a, a boiler business um, from scratch, it is very very difficult, and you need to be putting in years years of hard work for me um you need to be clued up what goes on behind the scenes you need to know about not just fitting the boiler the the, the accounts the finances the materials your tax um there's a lot of lot of work that goes in it and i enjoy what i do and i'm going to carry on um but it's not for the faint-hearted and it, it, it's it's not 100%. so yeah but here we are. So what's your, what's, your, what's your plans going forward? Now you said you're going to get to 200 boilers. We did discuss about the service plans that we do that yeah. are very popular. You're going to build that up. Yeah, so uh, like I'm really interested about you and your service plans and they, they seem to work for you. What what I like about the service plans uh, side of things is I can offer my customers a little bit of exclusivity because I get a lot of calls from all sorts of different people. But if you're on my service plan, I want you to know that we'll be there as a company on the same day or the next day. And I think that's what people want. They want that peace of mind. Um, so going forward, we will be offering service plans. I'm just waiting for the next engineer to come in, which is going to be the 18th of July. And um, once the next engineer um, arrives, and uh, we'll start rolling out service plans. Um, New boilers are just a byproduct of what we do. We do do a lot of sort of breakdowns and servicing. Because you couldn't physically do it, I think, on, say, 200 boilers, you probably won't make enough money to do it. Like, you need to get to 1,000, really, but that's difficult, again, because a lot of the companies that I know, back in the day, you'd just go into Yellow Pages, put 50 grand's worth of adverts locally, dominate that, but there's that many um, call to actions for customers now there's loads of stuff that they can do and google are making in fact i think google are probably making the most out of all the boiler companies put together because they get them fighting against you you've got bg you've got other companies that are fighting for the same keywords we go into that our thousand pound budget locally will probably last a couple of days yeah. to us that's 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 not we can't do that so again consumer 
just go on, don't they? And they they look they're looking down the list. Because from from what I've seen, your company's got a great reputation. It starts with word of mouth. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how many reviews you've got. Um, yeah, wow. So we've got about two hundred and fifty. Um, they've really started coming on this year. Something that I've been focusing on, but. I, th- I think if we can if we can sort of do well with word of mouth and then you're backed up by a review and then you've got sort of a, ni- a, a nice website you, that people can look and navigate through easily. Yeah, and I'm sure, I, I know sort of how keen you are. I'm sure all your engineers are very well drilled because if there wasn't, I don't think you'd stand for it. And no, not at all. Uh, I'm lucky me though because a couple of our engineers, it's like a fashion show when the uniforms come. <laughs> it's really bad. I've ordered the uniforms, I'm trying them on. This is too big, that's too big. How do I look in this? I'm like, lads, you look smart. You're not going on a date. Yeah. <laughs> or girls, the same. You know, there's always the, the kind of, yeah, getting the uniforms is a biggie for me because I've yeah. gone through that many different uniforms because one doesn't like this, one doesn't like that, but you want them all in uniform and it's it's difficult like you know? yeah well uh, I learned uh, looking good the hardware a few years ago when I uh, busted an expensive watch at work so that I think my days looking pretty at work are pretty much over <laughs> I just I'd turn so up I mean special. I've got my ID badge on um I, I, that's what we do personally is just put our names on our t-shirts just for just for the sort of different customers so they remember our names um I think that's a, a good little good little thing because we, we try and build a personal relationship with our customers. They're not just a number because we do we we do a little bit of volume, but we don't do a massive amount. You do in consideration to the tone you're in. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably guessing that if you get to 200 in Grimsley, you're probably one of the biggest. Yeah. Well, well I actually had a chat, chat with the ideal rep at the end of the first quarter and he, uh, he rang me up. He said, Lewis, uh, I see you're doing really well. I said, yeah, we were doing all right. Not too bad, thank you. He said, no. He said, you're doing the most ideal boilers in Grimsby and Cleefops and the surrounding areas. I went, I went, what, more than X, Y and Z, meaning my competition? He went, yeah, you're doing more than them. Do you think, you think that's, that's because the that? directors of that have not kept the sales fresh, don't really believe in it, probably drained a little bit, yeah. used to using old techniques, you're coming in with new techniques? Yeah. I, I mean, I know we're here for the trade mastermind. Joe's, Joe, Joe's taught me a lot. Um, I, I do genuinely believe if it wasn't for coming on this course, meeting you, meeting other um, similar people, I would probably be stuck back in the same old rut um, where I was probably lucky to do 100 a year. But now we're absolutely smashing it. I've got a direction. I'm following that direction. Um, and I've got a purpose now and I enjoy it. I enjoy coming to work. I enjoy meeting up with you once a month. Um, and our chats that we have probably weekly, every couple of weeks. Um, probably can't post most of them on here, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we we have we have a laugh, we enjoy it, and um, and well, that's one of the reasons why I did the podcast because I wanted other engineers to know that they're not alone. Because the biggest thing, guy, but reason why I reached out wasn't really down to how business works, how I can do it. It's because as a, as a director, as being a responsible person, you feel very alone. You feel so lonely at the top because everyone's coming to you and everyone has an expectation of you. So you struggle who to talk to. So when I meet people that are doing a lot more than I am it's brilliant for me because then I can have something to aspire to it's definitely I feel exactly the same I do feel lonely um like I said earlier the engineers go home at the end of the day we're still tapping around on the computer we're trying to sort this out that out there's complaints going off not too much on the complaint side of things but there's always something to deal with um and and by meeting up with the masterminds I, I can sit 
I can have a chat with you. Um, we, we can sort of unload on each other. We help each other out if we can. You te probably take little bits and bobs from me. And, and Vice versa, yeah, yeah. Versa. yeah. That's what I was thinking. You know, a lot of tradesmen are afraid to talk, but I truly believe that there's an, enough work out there. You know, there is enough work out there. And if you look at wherever there's a McDonald's, there's a KFC, vice versa, they're always in the same place. They're all doing the same thing. They're putting their own touch on it and they're making it work. And I strongly believe that, I do think there's people that do have the places in our industry that will, you know, they might not have the same, like you said, they've got children. I understand that. No, it's not for everybody. It's not for the faint-hearted. But for the ones it is for the faint-hearted, I think if they just kind of looked outside the box, they've been in college, they've, they know how to do gas engineer, they know how to be all that, they've been taught to do that. And then when you're running a business, I've, I've winged it to be fair, and I've said that quite openly, I don't know how I've done it, because ultimately I was working out of the bank, at the bank account, at the bank account. Yeah. And then I started looking actually what we need to be and how we do. And I never really had an end plan, and now I've got an end plan. Yeah. So stuff like that was, you know, stuff does, that I never really mind, thought of. Does your mind feel a lot more clear now? Yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. 100%. That's, that's a massive thing. You need Buying your time back, aren't you? You're buying your time back. I'm not necessarily doing it to be uh, wealthier. Obviously, I'm doing it partially for that. But the main thing was me is to have a business that runs itself, that my staff love it. You know, they've got a really good income. They don't feel pressured. They feel part of a team and that I can bob in and out and be involved in it. And sometimes the staff, my, my staff, I'll tell you, they probably prefer that, to be fair, because when I go in, I'm asking thousands of questions and, and ruining the day, really. They're like, get out, Mick. I do think it is genuinely possible as well that what we what we're, we're learning and what we're trying to implement at the minute, as in becoming redundant, getting a team, getting a happy team, I do think that it's possible with a, with a lot of hard work. I do feel like we could set things up and then step back and let everyone else enjoy it. And then we can, can you remember those things that we used to do when we was younger? It was called hob hobbies. Yeah, yeah, enjoying <laughs> yourself, having a laugh. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. because you do, don't you forget about, yeah. it's important for guys to have hobbies, I think. Yeah. That's very important. And I've been working with um, a company um, local to us that deal with mental health called Wise Up, and they've been chatting to me about how important it is to have hobbies and how important it is your staff are happy, because everybody has got their own problems on. And I think more and more people discuss it. That's why i want to do a little bit more of the podcasts as well to you know to, with engineers out there to get me out there as somebody that's you know a bit controversial we'll ask these questions get people on see where they're at so hopefully as more and more people listen to it we get more listeners they'll adapt that same uh, mental attitude that you know it's not all about me it's about the whole picture yeah, yeah. no it, it is and that's something that i'm keen to do because when i first started out by myself my hobbies just went out the window I forgot who I was. <laughs> I was I was just shattered by the end of the day. I'd occasionally go to the pub, always in my work gear. Um, and I was just sort of living to work. And it went on and on. And, and Yeah, and um, now, I mean, I, I'm just looking to sort of start doing the things that I used to enjoy doing. I used to say to the girls, if you dress up as a Worcester ball, I'll take you on a date. <laughs> it got that bad. I like that. Yeah, it got that bad. It got that bad, you know? Because yeah. I like you say in the work clothes, I was constantly in the work clothes, you know. It'd be yeah. six o'clock on a Friday, I'd be dieting back, get back, not got chance to say, I'll sod it because I look pretty smart anyway and I'd be out. Mm -hmm. But then you kind of think you're not you lose your identity very quick in yeah. business. You're losing your identity. You've got to be yourself as a person, not just uh, Mick M and R or Lewis Swift Ian. You've got to be a person as well. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean what I want to do is obviously I've got to an age and I do want a family, I do want these things. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, the only way I could do this if I made a change, and that's why um, last 
August, I decided to make that change. And it was a very scary change because it was, I took myself out of the picture and kind of left it up to him. And I was like, oh my God, it can't do this without me. And actually it did. And it can, as long as you train your staff, as long as you spend that time with them and you just back off a little bit and uh, say to them, mistakes are good as long as we don't keep making them because we learn from them and we move on from that. And that was one of the things that I've learned um, one of our members of staff, Gaz, he'll tell you, I used to ask him to do something and then one of our staff would come and I'd overrule it. And he'd be like coming to me saying, what are you doing? You've just told me to do it. And then you've gone, you're not backing me. And that's where I've learned that your, your staff, or we don't like to call them staff, we try to call them team members because yeah. we don't want them to feel like, you know, they're just a cog in a wheel because they're much more than that. Because yeah. without them, there is no business. Oh, Sam, that's, that's yeah. I, I, I think you're only as good as your team. Um, and and I've tried to instill this into our team. If if Josh doesn't do his job properly, then I don't attend this job properly. Unless we don't all work together, it falls to bits. Yeah, without them, I, I'd be nothing. And uh, I try to reward them. I try to sort of make things formal go out every now and again. Um, it's just keeping that fresh and keeping that sort of boss sort of engineer relationship. Um, so before we close up today yeah, yeah. and we get to the end of this, what would be your advice to, say, somebody that's um, maybe working at British Gas, they're thinking to go on their own, uh, they're earning good money, Would what would your advice be to them um, if they're going to go on their own? What would you tell them to expect? What would you tell them, grass is green, or what would you say? Yeah. What I would say is firstly, ask yourself what you want. Do you want more money or more time? Because... It, it, when you first out on your own, you, you're going to lose your time and then the money will come a little bit later. Um, if you, so I, I was lucky, I, I sort of went on my own at 26, 27 because I was keen, I still am keen. Um, I, I did that at a good age. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're 40 or 45 and you want an easy life, don't go self-employed. It's a hard, you've got to be very motivated. That's what I would say. So not of course, all not forty-five year olds are the same. But what what I would say is, you need to be very motivated if you want to take the step and move and, and work for yourself. Um, would it be fair to say, don't think the grass is greener because often it isn't. Yeah, yeah. Because I think a lot of people do leave a job, they do this, and that's why they fail because they think what they're seeing and don't realise what they're being paid and how easy it is actually what they're doing. Because they're doing 40 hours for that money and yeah. they go home at night and they come into this and suddenly they do 100 hours and they're still coming out with less, in fact, than what they were because they're reinvesting all the time. It does, it does, it, I think it takes several years before it starts to work. And if, you, if you've got no gumption behind you, you've got to literally put everything on the back burner, which again, work life balance, it's a ruin my work life balance. But yeah. now I've kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm never, I've never sort of been comfortable because I'm always pushing for the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you are going to take the plunge and go self-employed, then it is exciting, but you really need to be motivated because if you're not, you'll just get swallowed up and you'll be back in a job in no time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Don't Get Left Out in the Cold with Mick Norris. If you have enjoyed this show, then please support the podcast by leaving a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. For more information on M&R Plumbing and Heating, click the link in the show notes now.